0: One of the biggest question marks ahead of the 2022 UNC football season is the wide receiver position. Specifically, who's going to come alongside Josh Downs to be another dynamic playmaker? The answer to that question, it got a little bit murkier over the weekend. And by the way, who's going to be throwing to the receivers? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, August 8th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so make sure you subscribe. And for those of you watching, please also smash the like button and we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments as we along. As of today, Monday, we are just 19 days away from kickoff against FAMU, Florida A&M. Unreal that it's that close. We're over a week into fall football camp now, and I've got several updates for you. And that's what today's show is going to be all about. First, a bit of news, and it might not be news. We learned on Sunday, got some communication that practice was going to be closed on Monday to the media. Um, as it had originally been open. And so, um, also, that Coach Brown will address the media afterwards. And so, I, I, that could be something, it could be nothing at all, but who knows. And so, you might even already know by the time you're watching this Monday or later, because Coach Brown will have already addressed the media and answered questions and those things. But stay tuned to that. In fact, I'm a uh, part of several group chats and threads and stuff and there's this one twitter thread i'm in where everyone is going nuts trying to figure out if something's wrong so hopefully there won't be anything at all but as for today we're talking wide receivers and an injury to a starter Uh, how the defense is under coach chiswick but first the battle that we all want to discuss everyone wants to know Who's going to be Carolina's quarterback? Uh, I posed it in a, a question on Twitter and YouTube over the weekend of who is going to take Carolina's first snap against Florida AM? That's the way I asked it, and that brought some interesting um, answers to it. So let's just talk about that. First off, let me say this. I know we, we've thrown other names in, and Connor Harrell... This is Jacoby Criswell versus Drake May. It's going to be one of these two. Just go ahead and know that. Respect to these other guys in the quarterback room, but both Coach Brown and Coach Longo have made it clear just in in the way they've been talking that it is one of these two young men, at least for this season and barring injury to them and, and those kind of things. Um, isn't it nice to have this problem? It's, it's a great problem to have, as we say about so many things in life. Um, it's, a, it's a great sign of the progress of the program, the talent in the program, the depth, the recruiting that the coaching staff is doing, and so, so you love it. Um, to be fair, it's been a minute, you know, about three seasons since either May or Chriswell has been a starting Quarterback for Chris Wells because he's been in the program for a while playing behind Sam Howe for Drake May. Part of it is COVID related, not having a senior year, things of that nature. And I know um, they both got to take half of the Wofford game last year. But with all due respect to the Terriers, it's Wofford, right? (laughs) They're not great, but it was a good opportunity to see them in action. But I think the coaching staff is learning more through spring practice and now what they're seeing as the fall really gets going. I I love this battle because it's an iron sharpens iron situation. It doesn't seem like from the outside and it doesn't seem like from the internal communication that we're receiving that there's really one of them that has a, a big leg up on the other. And I think that's a good thing. I, just like that, that phrase I just said, iron sharpens iron, that's a biblical phrase where we talk about strengthening each other because we're both um, so strong and steadfast in things. And that's what I think we're seeing here with Chriswell and May is that they're really pushing each other. And ultimately, as at any position, that benefits the program. And you know that they're going to be cheerleaders for others and, and do all those things. I think now that the team is getting into pads on Saturday, they had their first full pads scrimmage. I think we're going to start learning a ton more as things become more realistic. Now, obviously, the quarterback's still not getting hit and things like that, but the line around them is falling apart. The pocket's falling apart. Um, we're getting full speed from defense coming at them, things breaking down. And that's where you really start to learn who has the intangibles, the it factor, who can string a play along, who can direct traffic under duress. All of those things is what the coaching staff is learning. Now that we're seeing stuff back to full speed, what is, what is this summer taught them? What did they learn from their experiences last fall and this spring? All of that coming together. And so we're going to learn a lot more through that. And more importantly, the coaching staff who has to make these decisions is going to learn a ton more. Um, because again, everybody looks good at this level when things are going well, right? When things run to script, when everyone, everybody runs their correct routes, the line blocks as they're supposed to, the running backs are chipping like they're supposed to and pass pro, like all of those kind of things. Yeah, of course I can make those throws, but what happens if the running back misses that chip block? What happens if uh, we can't set the pocket properly and there's penetration into the backfield? What does stuff look like then? That's what I need to know. Now, uh, one thing I want to say is I don't think we're going to have a two-quarterback situation. Um, At least in terms of like, hey, you're both going to play a lot. I I think um, there had been some language from Coach Brown that had alluded to that previously. But if you listen now, as he starts to talk about timelines and things like that, that tells me that we're going to get a quarterback named. And I think that is going to happen. Um, so, so my guess is that it will come next weekend. There's another, we've got another full week, all of full week two, and then another scrimmage this upcoming Saturday, which would be six plus seven is 13th, uh, the 13th. And then um, my guess is that a starter will be named that weekend, either next Sunday or Monday in, in that range. Here's why I think this. Um, While nothing is definitive and you don't have to do the same thing always, let's let some historical precedent be our guide, shall we? With Coach Brown in round two at Chapel Hill, there's really obviously only one um, example of this and that was his first year because he and Sam Sam Brown, Sam Howe, have been together now for these three years. So 2019 was the only time in Coach Brown's current tenure in Chapel Hill that we had a quarterback battle. And he announced he won 13 days before um, the the first game of that season. And then announced him as the starter on at the beginning of game week leading up to first game. And the reason I make those two distinctions is because, yeah, you're running with the ones, but there can always be a change. And so you need both of those steps to see that go. And so. Um, Hal was named QB1 over um, Jace Reuter and Cade Fortin and then ultimately named the starter. And so again, that number, that math lines up with naming a starter after this coming weekend scrimmage. And so I think that that is what is going to happen. Another reason for getting back about two weeks like that is think about the value that that gives to your team, your coaching staff, the young man who actually gets the call. Um, that is going to get him comfortable in the role. It gets the rest of the team comfortable knowing who's our guy. And that's tough because you often get like, hey, internally, you know, some players are like, man, I'm team Drake, I'm team Jacoby, whatever it may be. But this is what teams do when somebody's named, they rally around the guy or girl, depending on the team, and then we come together. But there's still obviously support and and love for whoever now is the second team, QB, QB2, just as there would be with any other backups in the system. Obviously, at that point, QB1 is going to get more reps. That's just the way things go. Um, But it's not like, oh, you're an outcast now. We will have to wait and see if there's a transfer or anything like that. But um, I think there's just such value and such a win in coming together around that person. And so, obviously, I have no insight. They're keeping their cards close to the chest, close to the vest, whichever way you want to say that phrase. But I'm going to stick with the name I've been saying all along is Drake May. Is who I believe will be named QB1 and ultimately the starter. What's interesting is... I, and more importantly, the coaching staff, I think would legitimately be comfortable with either of these guys, but just from watching tape, from, from what I'm hearing from every, people who are there daily at practice, things like that, um, the the size, the requisite size is there. They, both these guys have the arm, but maybe Drake's got it a little more consistently um, and a little bit more when things break down, like the, the mechanics, the fundamentals, the throw is still all there. He's mobile enough, right? Uh, he doesn't have the mobility that Jacoby does, but he's again mobile enough, and that's a win. For me, also, Drake May's ceiling is higher. Um, I think they both have a high floor, meaning they're they're not gonna hurt the team, but I think Drake May can ultimately take the tar heels further. And i mean that both this year and beyond what i mean by that is he's got the possibility of staying longer to play longer Uh, depending on how this year goes there's the possibility you know that somebody could leave or other things like that you have more years of drake in the system before he becomes draft eligible so why not give yourself a little bit more stability long-term? I think that is a win, and I, I've said that before. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I see this guy, and he's got the it factor. I, there's just something to it. You know, sometimes you can't put your finger on it, but but I see it, and I believe in it. And so, um, there you go. Drake May is my call, and uh, one of the guys he's, he will be, will be throwing to got injured over the weekend. We're going to have to look at that and what's going on with the wide receiver room right after I tell about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So the quest to take pressure off of Josh Downs, and your first-time starting quarterback, just got more difficult. Returning starter and downfield threat, Antoine Green, senior, senior, suffered some type of collarbone injury on Saturday. Uh, You know, officially an upper body injury, but uh, everyone's saying collarbone. As of the recording of this, we don't know the severity. I've heard that the, the word right now from sources is that he will be back at some time this season, but obviously uh, that's going to be reevaluated, and who knows how different bodies react and all that stuff. Um, and so um, last year's wide receiver room, you know, it was full of question marks outside of Josh Downs. Um, the Heels really struggled to find someone to fill that Diami Brown stretch the field role that had been vacated the year before. Emory Simmons started off the season as a starter alongside Downs and Antoine Green. Antoine Green started the entire season, all 13 games. Uh, but ultimately Simmons entered the transfer portal. And then we saw Justin Olson, um, early, you know, essentially the rest of the season from that point. And so Antoine Green, we're looking at his production last year, second on the team in receptions, second in receiving yards tied in receiving touchdowns for second with five. And so Carolina has to fill that. Um, he last year, Antoine green was that field stretcher to, to complement downs slot duties. It's similar to a three point shooter opening up the middle for a post that, that kind of noise. And so Antoine green, he was second in the ACC, 12th in the nation in yards per reception at 19.7. The good news, again, the team expects Green to return, at least right now, as as of when I'm recording this, to action. But the questions are there. What is the severity? Does it get worse? Are there setbacks? When exactly will he return? All of that, we just don't know at, those, at this juncture. So while we wait on all those answers, the question becomes, what does Mac Brown do in the meantime? Where does he turn? What does it look like? Well, specifically for the wide receiver room, and everything going on there. So again, you had Justin Olsen starting alongside Josh Downs and Antoine Green last season. And so you expect there's uh, that capability. We're hearing everything out of camp about freshman Andre Green and that he's special for a multitude of reasons. He pops. He's a get-off-the-bus guy. Strong. He stands out as soon as you see him. Um, he has separation. He's a physical beast. Obviously, as a, as a freshman, there's a lot to work on, but the intangibles are there. Everything you want to see is there. Coach Longo, in his public talking about Andre Green, not Antoine, has been, you know, a little bit guarded, a little bit slower to give the praise that that others who have seen him have done, talking about it. We'll see if he dents the depth chart in those things. But especially with Antoine Green's injury, you think it's got to be hard, harder at least to keep Andre Green off the field. Other names to keep, keep your eyes on that, that we've seen or that have stood out so far in fall, JJ Jones, Gavin Blackwell, Ty Chapman. Don't forget about Kobe Pesor, There's all these other receivers. And let's also not forget that we have the tight end room. Kamari Morales last year was third on the team in receptions, 24 for 220 yards and five TDs to tie Antoine Green's production. And so he had really taken over that role and run with it, kind of somewhat relegating Garrett Walston's ability, at least in terms of being a receiver versus a a blocking tight end. Obviously, in the spring, we also heard lots of hype about Bryson Nesbitt, who's a tight end, but somebody that can that can stretch and flex out wide. Maybe some of that athleticism that he brings to the table allows Mac Brown and Phil Longo to do some things there. You just don't know. Perhaps we end up seeing a lot more two tight end sets in, in the early going of the season to make up for Antoine Green's absence. There, there's a lot of options. There's more options than last year, but so much of it other than Downs is unproven. And so, well, I should say other than Downs and other than Morales, right? And so you really need to see that. That There's options, but we have to see it in action. Another, don't forget about Copenhagen, right? He, we could have some three tight end sets. Who knows what, what the coaching staff will do, what they'll roll out and all of that. Again, though, when you think of it, it's not Sam Howell, it's a first year starting quarterback. You want to keep things as easy as possible for him. to to be able to make easy reads, quick reads as you get comfortable in the game. And so that's part of why this green injury hurt so much is because you would have that experience to be able to help out a young quarterback and you're not going to have that now. So who steps in and and makes those plays? Who becomes that third starting receiver? We're going to have to wait and see. Maybe we'll find out more in the coming days. Maybe at next weekend's scrimmage, we'll start to see some of that. Similar to what we said about the starting quarterback role so, ah, uh, it stinks. I hate that for Antoine Green for his last year. Uh, I mean, if it's bad enough, there could be another year. Get a medical red shirt and come back, but we'll just have to see what happens there. Brother Green, best of recovery to you. May it be quick and you be fully healthy soon. Okay, so the next question is this. How is the defense coming along under Gene Chizik? Is there improvement from what we had seen Ah, we'll have to wait and see, but the early reports are encouraging. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's also reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering info from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they've got you covered so head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action bet online where the game starts so let's let's do get a little bit of a defense offensive update see what's going on there on that side of the ball we we have been hearing from a couple guys after practice every day and so we're um or just about every day and so we're learning more things straight from the guys who are doing it um one two of the guys that recently talked were tony grimes and power Eccles, so somebody from the secondary some somebody from the linebacking core and it's interesting both of them used these two words Lot, which are fundamentals and communication. And they use those both words in a way to set apart what had been done the previous year and in the past. And I don't want to say that to speak ill or negatively of the previous defensive regime, uh, but we will say that as an encouraging thing about where things are headed both Grimes and Eccles talk about talked about the the development from the very beginning of spring of hey we're going to work on how we communicate as a defensive unit we're going to work on getting back to the fundamentals that allow us to make plays and just go out and be football players one of the ways what are some of the ways that that has happened well with communication for example the entire backfield uh, the entire me, backfield the entire secondary is now together in one room. So instead of the split that we previously had of cornerbacks in one room and safeties in another, backs and safeties, everyone meeting together, everyone speaking the same language, everyone learning how to communicate like this when we're in tight and close so that when we get out on the field, we know each other more intimately. We can read each other better. This seems like such a small thing, right? But it can pay massive dividends on game day. I love that. Power Eccles specifically said, quote, Coach Gene Chiswick came in here and changed the culture for us. You hear that culture word a lot. But if, if student athletes are saying it, there's something to it. He goes on to say, I'm light years ahead of where I was when I first got here. Last year, this time of year, keep in mind last year was Power Echols first year, got some playing time as um, Gimmel was ejected and then in the bowl game. And so you had those things. Um, and so it's great to see that um, growth from Power Echols. We expect to see him alongside Gray playing a lot this year. Now something also thinking about last season, this starts going into the fundamentals word that we heard used is Coach Chizik had said in in one of his press conferences, uh, I believe earlier last week, that last year's team was so scheme-heavy, or or scheme-dependent might be a phrase I'd put on it, that fundamentals weren't fully there. Here's how I interpret that coach speak. Players were in their own heads and so worried about doing the right thing, being at the right spot, this, that, and the other, you know, the, the supposed to's and the have to's and where do I go, that they weren't being football players. They weren't relying on fundamentals. Let me let me put it in terms for me as a baseball player. I grew up as a baseball player, went to college on a baseball scholarship, all that. My job when I get out into a game is to not think. My job is to be looking at the game and reacting. If If I'm at the plate and there's a runner on second and less than two outs, my job is to hit the ball to the right side of the field, get him over to third base. I'm not thinking about all my little things and what I've been told. I'm thinking about being present in the game. And that's what coach Chizik is asking these guys to do. Power Eccles talked also about the, the eyeballs i i love this conversation and now being able to process in real time what's happening he said quote what you're seeing out there what you're seeing when the play is going on how things are going to hit what gaps are going to be open just knowing what's going on at all times they're relying on their eyes more than this more than their brain their head and i think that is a big when it's it's so ingrained it's muscle memory now that when i see this i go react to it when i see the ball here i go get it right i I know that i have certain boundaries and, and parameters i need to stay within but but mostly i can rely on what my eyes are seeing and asking me and telling me to do when you get these types of things down it just allows you to play more freely so fundamentals and communication. I love these two words. I expect to continue hearing them out of both coaches and players on the defense. And uh, when you don't respond based on scheme, you respond beyond based on being awesome at football, being an athlete, being a stud. That's the reason you're here, right? Like, go be a player. I love that so much, so much, so much. And ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, what I think this is going to lead to, these changes, these small, seemingly small changes, turnovers. That has been the biggest thing I've seen with, not the biggest thing, one of the issues I've seen with the defense the last couple years is the inability to create turnovers. In this day and age of the way offenses are going, it's difficult to just outright stop offenses. You can hope to slow them down or contain them, but, but it's so difficult to really get string a bunch of three and outs together. It's just not not the way things typically go anymore. And so more on a consistent basis, you need to create turnovers for your team to get momentum. To not, It's not just about like, hey, can we stop them from the end zone and give up three instead of six and seven? No, it's like, can we get turnovers and get our own six or seven or three, right? And so that is what I'm really interested to see. Does the more... Freedom that this defensive unit will be granted lead to more picks, lead to more um, strips and fumble recoveries and and things of that nature. I think so, but I'm excited. I'm waiting to see it, and I'm excited to see it, and I hope you are too. Before we get out of here, um, one bit of sad news that we learned about another Tar Heel injury. All this, this one at the NFL level. Rookie Marcus McKeithen, who was drafted along with Joshua Izudu by the New York Giants, suffered a torn ACL during a scrimmage late last week. And he's for playing for the Giants. There there have already been injuries on the offensive line for the Giants. And so he was really looking to be in line to get some some time, some good time this year. At, at least some good looks at getting there. And so you hate this for the young man. As he's progressing, who who knows what this will mean for Joshua Azudu, who can jump around a little bit more from guard and tackle and some of that. Um, and so we'll just have to wait and see. But similar to what we said about Antoine Green, Marcus brother, I, I doubt you're listening or watching, but our, our thoughts and prayers are with you as you recover and may you come back stronger than ever. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Tar Heels. Coming up this week, uh, we're going to be looking tomorrow at. Uh, our summer stat series free throw percentage, what did last year's Carolina men's basketball team do, and what does that say about this year's team. And then on Wednesday, we're getting near to the end of our basketball summer roster preview series. Just three left this week is Justin McCoy. I want to thank you again for, for tuning in, making this your first listen or watch of the day. Please don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave comments for those of you watching. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked on ACC take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Ah, man, it's been good to be back together after the weekend. I can't wait to dial in and lock in. We're getting so close to the first football game. It's going to be great. And as this week goes on, I hope it's a great day for you because you know what? It's always a great day to be a target. Until tomorrow, peace.